friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with Chancellor of Chubb, Chris Prunty, along with continued special guest, Daniel Quinn. Joining us today is media entrepreneur and designer of our World Build With Us logo, Courtney Staples. Courtney, good to have you with us. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Chubby or like an erection? On today's episode, <laughs> we are talking dungeons. And what is essentially our first Patch Notes episode, we're going to go back to the previous deep dives that we've missed and add dungeons to each of them. In the future, when we do a deep dive episode, you should expect dungeons as another important aspect of what we go over. Because, I mean, come on. How can you not have a cool adventuring site inside of a nation? Isn't that like part of the reason you go there? You want to visit and stuff like that? Anyway. On today's episode, we're going to be going through the Caliphate of Feasts and Famine, the Empire of Embers, and the Bank of Death to add our own twists and turns onto dungeons from those regions. So the whole reason that we're doing this episode in the first place is way back when we were doing the Bank of Death, we kind of hit upon this idea to do... uh, we, We kind of came upon this point of interest that was basically a dungeon... And from listener feedback, we heard that that's kind of a cool thing that we should do. And the reason that we have Courtney on today is she was pitching this idea surrounding the caliphate of feasts and famine. And what came from that is basically why she's here today. So Courtney, why don't you go ahead and pitch us what would have been in that email you were going to send to us? I've been reading and listening to a lot of stuff lately about like extinctions and ecological collapse and all that fun stuff and i thought um something a dungeon related to pollution would be really cool um especially with the caliphate having like these runoffs and sinkholes and things kind of going into how that civilization impact affected like the natural areas and just like screwed it up in horrific ways and maybe go into like why people might be interested in going there even though it's like a disgusting cesspool yeah and for those of the For those of you who don't remember, the Caliphate of Feasts and Famine is the largest current empire in the world of a thousand gods and essentially believes that there are those who have and those who have not. They are deigned by the gods of fates and hunger. They are deigned to live in a caste system where there are people who have wealth and power and influence and those who aren't. However, the twist with that is that they both recognize each other as a necessary half to the system. And so with the Caliphate of Feast and Famine, there is an area. Because they're the largest empire, they also show off their power. They essentially take god hearts and smash them when they are deemed to be too dangerous to be allowed to exist anymore. And thus there is this kind of runoff, as Courtney said, that leaks into the underground river and essentially creates incredibly powerful monsters from the twisted God essence that once existed amongst the God hearts. So what are we going to do with that? I mean, I like the idea of a, a dungeon that's built essentially around pollution. I mean, I think there's some kind of basis in reality or at least in folklore with something like the Nuklevi, which are those weird gross horse looking things that come from pollution You might be thinking of the Kelpie, which are the horses that drown people. That's something different. The Nuklevi are like weird horse things that 
strictly they're they're fae but they're twisted messed up fae who just really dislike pollution is that german or russian probably it sounds depressing enough to be (laughs) that's true that's good that's good rule of thumb for that yeah uh just remember that if everyone dies or they sell children for a potato it's probably russian folklore also if bobby yag is involved it's definitely russian so yeah gotta gotta throw in bobby yags to answer the question of what we might do with the dungeon, um, I can imagine the export of the pollution being worthwhile. That is, a reason to go into the dungeon would be to ex- take some of that runoff and use it as a drug on the surface. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm thinking, um, have you ever heard of, uh, what is it called? I think it's called Crocodile. Oh, God. Yes. Speaking yeah. of <laughs> Russian horrors, yeah. Yes. Crocodile is that like heroin knockoff that is like corrosive to your whole body. Yes. Interesting. So do we want to go with like a drug theme or like, how does that work exactly? Oh, wait a minute. So originally this idea kind of stemmed from, you know, the heroes who went down to fight the monsters often ended up being mutated into monsters due to exposure to this thing. Yes. So why don't we go ahead and take that drug and turn it into something that is because I don't want it to be a liquid. I think that might be a little bit too because because like what's the side effect of that, right? Like wh- what is what is injecting that into you going to do except directly turning you into a monster? <laughs> so what Polymorph. I'm thinking, yeah, oh yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. But but what I'm thinking is maybe you can get a dried version of it, or maybe you mm. can collect it and then dry it, and then the weird powder mixture that you can make from it gives you some kind of mutagenic high of some kind, right? Where you're literally snorting in the, the God dross of the God hearts. And so there's something, I I actually kind of like the idea that because you're essentially directly injecting like magical energy into your person. And because there's a mixture of gods, each trip is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're going to get like the same high every time. And thus it's going to be a little bit weird. every time. like God cocaine slash LSD. Uh, Oh, I like, I like the idea of cocaine and LSD. So almost like a methamphetamine, like where you you're like super powered because it's actually just God essence. So you're like a demigod for a short period of time. So I was actually reading a comic lately. I am blanking on what it's called. I think Bone Parish maybe, but it's about a new drug that's developed from corpses and like the the user gets like memories essentially of the deceased person. And also thinking back to, I think it was Daniel who had that idea of like the devil's claw-esque plant that's like hallucinogenic and weird in this oasis type thing. Like what if that's part of this corruption? Like its tap roots are right, going yeah. deep into oh, the yeah, yeah. That's cool. and that's like that's part of why idea. it makes you like hallucinate and like have all these crazy visions. That's actually a really good idea. Yeah, because it explains the plant too, and it's one of the things that grew outside the city because of the whole runoff. Mm. Yeah. So now that we've got like the kind of main idea down, let's go ahead and suss out the dungeon a little bit more, right? All right, so let's let's kind of break this down into categories, right? So I'd say that the theme is going to be pollution or corruption of some kind. And then we've got the object of importance, which is what drives people to go and visit this dungeon or what, you know, the main function around the dungeon kind of functions as. And that's going to be the God cocaine slash LSD. Uh, we need to come up with a better name than that, obviously. Uh, but the, the, the drug that comes from God essence is important. I think like think that's going to be what, because one, it mutates you in its raw form, and two, it's a weird, like, 
weird drug to take otherwise. And then what else would we need? Maybe like, let's talk about what the dungeon looks like because I don't want it to be just like an underground sludge river, right? Let's give it a little bit more flavor than that. Let's give it a little bit more pizzazz as it were. Yeah. And I just did jazz hands. Yeah. Uh, so what do, what do you guys, what can we do to make this dungeon a little bit more interesting? So I could see uh, a little bit of it being the uh, sludge river and everything, but I feel like when it started out, it would be taken care of in some sort of like nuclear waste situation where it would be built around something where there's like a, they built this containment area, but either forgot about it, mishandled it, or just over time, God goo gets dangerous. So bunker esque, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that that's kind of what my brain thought of as well. Where it's like a crypt or a tomb, but it's like not the stuff that's like keeps the dead. It's like, hey, don't go, Frilla, don't go in there though. Like that's not a good idea. But I feel like that's kind of typical, right? Like I like the idea of a bunker. I like the idea of, but but I thought that I thought the idea that we had when we were running through the caliphate first is that this was not necessarily something that the caliphate knew about, right? So let's let's kind of take that idea and run with it. I don't want it to be worked. I want it to be a little bit more natural. So what can we do, or at least at its source, right? Because that's where it ha- starts, mm-hmm. and then kind of leaks out. I mean, am I going? Am I, mean, I going crazy? Maybe here? there was a sect that knew about the consequences, and they set up labs down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now now we're talking. Yeah. Now now I'm getting this idea that we can kind of get like. You know, like there's this group of scientists or, or people of the caliphate who are basically wearing hazmat suit level of stuff and they're skimming the pool for, you know, s- suitable sludge material and they're constantly in, in fear of transforming themselves. Yes. And there's also this kind of threat of becoming transformed slightly. And so, like, you know, that part of them are definitely half mutate, mutated at this mm-hmm. point. And so now we're getting into straight up post apocalypse like fallout (laughs) level of and this is yeah courtney loves fallout which is i'm sure this is loaded up right away i mean if if it was secret then they'd have like high protocols to like make sure it was contained and and taken care of until probably something went wrong like chris was alluding to and they had to shut the whole thing off (laughs) or shut access to it off well i like the idea that these people are not related to the caliphate at all oh. like they're they're essentially like living outside of the government because they're like mm-hmm. we don't want them to know about this shit we're gonna live off the grid and just we're gonna become drug peddlers of this weird mutant drug that just oh. so happens that we just so, so have like happened a to secret sound. mercenary kind of cult exactly mm-hmm. it, but it's not even a cult they're just like a drug organization yeah. who just so happens to know about this weird runoff that happens oh i was just gonna allude to the name demi or Icker or something. Oh, mm. I like I, yeah. I like demi sauce and also demi god and demi sauce. demi sauce. Yeah, that sounds like a barbecue sauce. It is. Okay, that, that ma- yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I guarantee that's some good sauce, there, boy. <laughs> I mean, it would, it would get to have like a slang name for it, like that, like the sauce or like the Iker. <laughs> We're not calling. A drug in our fucking nation, a the sauce. I refuse, good sir. We may not, but the drug people might. Yeah, it's, it's weird how those addicts just started calling it the sauce. It's not even a liquid. Or it's a dried it powder. Could have been like icor, but they shortened the words to be like the ick. ick you know, the that's ick. the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Give me that uh, sticky icky. Give me some of that ick. 
Daniel, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like Eternum or Immortal or something. Mm referencing the gods but i mean ick ick works too i guess yeah. Just. courtney <laughs> D- courtney i know you're new here you do not have to side with their terrible ideas okay. do, not, do not do not we have standards uh-huh. here <laughs> at least on this milk. side yeah. of the table and it makes yeah. the sauce that's where we get the aphids yeah. from yeah i thought i thought there weren't any aphids or did... well, a secret now <laughs> are they they mutated them are they they mutated them yeah oh and the milk is what you drink to get high yes she's on her side <laughs> I am so excited to I'm cut sorry. all of this out. <laughs> this is all getting cut. All of it. Okay, so now I'm kind of digging this. So I'm kind of viewing it as layers, right? Where it's there the front layer, which is where the, the pool of this kind of ichor is congealing, right? And that's where they get the, they, they skim it and they kind of treat it and they create it. And so that's the first layer. The second layer is something that we'll have to figure out. And then the third layer is... No, well, no, the third layer is like the spring itself. It's like this natural kind of underground sludge river. Mm. Or or we can even treat it like oil, realistically. I was picturing it as an oil, like an opalescent, shimmery thing. I I was thinking of not like opalescent, but certainly like a a prismatic kind of like shifting color and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and think about the middle part then, right? Like if we're thinking about this as a three-tiered dungeon. Wouldn't that have to be where these mercenaries are doing their work? Well, no, no, no. That's the first layer. Oh, I see. That's that's where the treatment and the mercenaries mm-hmm. kind of hang out because there's no reason for them to go any further I than see. that, right? Yeah. And then the first, the first layer is the... Okay, so now let's think about this. What's at the heart of this shit? What's at the heart of the river? Because it, it's... I imagine that it's not just like a goop river, mm-hmm. but there's something else there. What a can new we new god? Yes. Daniel, thank mm-hmm. you. It is a new god heart that is a compilation or a conglomerate of all of the other gods that have been kind of cast aside. Yes. Is it sort of like the opposite of the god blob in a way? Oh. Or or oh. maybe this is the origin of the god blob, mm. aka the apotheosis. I was kind of picturing the cluster in like Steven Universe. Yeah, I could see that as well. Semi, like barely sentient, but also insanely powerful. I could see something like that for sure. Okay, yeah, let's do that. So now I'm picturing of like, it's a stalactite top. Mm -hmm. That is essentially, that's where all of this kind of starts from. And it is, it's essentially the cool version of like a roper where it's like, Okay, this is where all of the essences have kind of mingled and dripped down, right? So there you go. We've we've got that idea that and so that is where the that is the god heart. The stalactite mm-hmm. is the god heart because it absorbs essences in a really weird fucked up kind of way. All right, cool. Now the middle part. Let's think about the middle part a little bit. What do we got there? Oh, got it. Uh this is this is where the actual legit horrifying monsters mm-hmm. live. We were, we were talking about the idea that there's cultists or, or chemists who are basically at the front part skimming, just trying to make a living, you know, like selling crystal meth, like Breaking Bad. <laughs> and then meanwhile, you go in further and there's horrifying monsters. That's where the heroes kind of come in. Heroes in big quotations, obviously, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, I need to I need to go prove myself that I'm a hero. And so, OK, maybe the chemists are acting as guides 
So like, oh yeah, we'll help you get to the monsters. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, like, because obviously no one's stupid enough to go and do that all the time. So they can get, mask themselves as guides and kind of like, hey, we'll help you get to these monsters. We know exactly where they are. And then if, while they're off doing hero shit, they're like skimming the pool and making drugs. Yeah. I could also see them periodically releasing some of the monsters just to kind of drum up mercenaries and people who would want to come in and like clear out stuff. They're like, all right, what if we let like five of them go? They'll, you know, ravage a town and everything. But then we might get some adventurers who come here and clear out the rest so that we can go a little bit deeper. I love that. I'm a little bit wary of that because that makes it seem as though the chemists are the keepers of these monsters mm-hmm. and I wanted to make it be like this is a stri- it's like like a, a contained gaz- ecosystem of yes, its own yeah exactly and and I'm I'm imagining that those chemists are like a gazelle at a watering hole they look down and they're drinking that water where their eyes are looking at like a, a fucking lion right next to them but they're like we're cool at the watering hole guys we're cool and then meanwhile, those monsters, once, they, once they're once they out of there, they tear ass out of there and it's like, all right, we're out of the way. Like, go ahead. And they might know mm-hmm. how to draw them out, though, too, you know. I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Although, I can also imagine that they get rid of rivals by just dumping them. And maybe that's how they release monsters into the wild, is that they'll just be like, all right, toss them in the goo and then pull them out and then throw them mm-hmm. out of the cave uh-huh. system or whatever it yeah. is. And so now you've got a self-sustaining ecosystem in that regard as well. And then, all right, so maybe that middle part in between is like the further to the god heart you get, the worse and the more powerful the monsters become. So it's kind of like a darkest dungeon situation where you can get, oh, yeah, I can fight a couple cultists. Oh, yeah, I can fight a couple of those weird mutant fish guys. Oh God, I'm in the darkest dungeon and shit's getting real. Okay, uh, yeah. we gotta we gotta kick rocks. We gotta get out of here before my ma- my brain just melts. I could also see some of the monsters just being created from accidents, like someone slips, falls in, and mm-hmm. oh, absolutely, unsupervised, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, I'm thinking of Fallout and yeah. like people falling into vats of forced evolutionary virus and turning into horrible monsters. And mm-hmm. yeah, see, I was thinking of Robocop. <laughs> where they get dunked in the nu- the nuclear waste. Oh, I to take the Fallout spin of it. Also, there could be something like the Master, if you really yeah. want. like that yeah. could be the intelligence behind that's the, God the heart. heart. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the God heart, one hundred percent. And this is this like horrible amalgamation of all these different like God personalities. Yeah. And is this a God of monsters, or is it? Because I feel like that's too easy. I feel like we want it to be like a god of pollution or a god of or even like a corruption. god of like creation in a way. Oh, that's that's actually really brilliant. Like, because normally we think of gods of creation as like the gen- the generally speaking the nice ones. Yeah, like but the pure like, hearted. Like, yeah, yeah, except for Zeus. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I like that. I like that subversion a little bit better. Where yeah, this is the god of creation, but you know he's what he creates is just a little bit, uh, you know. Whatever. Just, just don't look at him. Just uh, we, pretend he's sure not there, there is a god of creation in there as well. Oh, like, <laughs> somewhere there. Oh god, could you imagine? Like, go ahead and stare into the eyes of creation, and it's just like, oh, mm. oh, oh. That's, yeah, that's kind of scary. Okay, our unity. Uh, I'm also getting Shodan vibes for some reason. System shock. No one. Oh, yeah. never, no, no. Okay, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm like, don't running through my corridors. Hacker. Hacker. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Glad that someone here can relate to my 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop. I feel like that's a really fleshed out dungeon. I think that's a really fucking cool dungeon as well. Uh, let's go ahead and move over. Do we want to go to the Bank of Death or do we want to go to the Empire of Embers? Bank of Death. Okay. Oh. We'll do Bank of Death. Now, what we had with the Bank of Death last time, I think that we already had a dungeon pretty much baked in, which was that entire city ba- uh, buried under the tar. I want to avoid that because I feel like we've basically done most of the work. Or do we want to be lazy and just kind of skip over that? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, while I do find the Tar City super interesting, I also want to avoid it just because I don't want to have to think about all the tar and it getting into things. Yeah, I mean, the tar enough is, like, such an awful, awful thing to think about. Like, imagine trying, like, I think the big, all right, I guess we're doing the Tar City now. Thanks. <laughs> Damn it. So Perfect. why don't we give us a little recap of how that yes. tar got there? <laughs> okay, so for the, yeah, thank you, Daniel. So for the recap, the Bank of Death is a small but economically very powerful nation that worships, surprise, the god of death. There are now six of the remaining god pact who, their god pacted ability is that they just don't die. And so they've used their immortality to become incredibly wealthy, influential, and essentially act as the invisible hand of the economic market. Now, what we've created here is because the God Pacted are essentially the nobility and the very powerful people behind the nation, we wanted, there were originally 10 God Pacted, and now there's only six. And this was my idea to create a way to kind of explain where the rest of those God Pacted went. And at least for one of them, it meant that they went mad with power, tried to commit a coup essentially, and create and started the God Pacted War of the God of Death, which, let me tell you, did not work out well for them. Now, essentially, this God Pacted, because they're deathless, they have been banished to, which was once their city has been buried under an entire ocean of tar, and that is where they are now living or unliving. We actually didn't, we kind of left that up to imagination. And now they are essentially a, a crazy monster lich type thing. And the idea of a city just half sunken or mostly sunken in tar. The reason I like that so much is because that in and of itself is a hazard that is unique. And my God, can you imagine trying to navigate tar? It's as Chris said in that episode, it's a mixture between underground and underwater and lava. And it's the worst. Like you're probably like, just getting to a point where inside the stone of the, of the city itself is going to be nightmarish and it's probably going to be hot and awful. And that's why I want to go with it. So we're doing this now. Go ahead. When I was listening to that episode, I kept thinking of the Boston molasses flood. Oh, yes. Is like horrific thinking about drowning in a wave of 30 mile an hour moving molasses. Yeah. I was going to say, at least it smelled nice. (laughs) As you're getting scalded and drowned. Well, I mean, tar does not smell nice. You get the same effect. Yeah. A lot of people make a joke about that. Like, oh, how could you do that? But it's like, no, that's actually horrifying. Yeah. And did people, I thought people burned to death before they drowned. Or maybe, maybe it was. I don't know. As they drowned. Yeah. Also, can you imagine just like, let's say you just get a foot that's just like soaked in that. <sighs> just the feeling of that alone. I had a friend of mine who was a baker and she had her arm accidentally dipped into hot caramel. Oh, God. oh no. You, and the terrible thing about caramel 
you can't wash it off. So she had to sit there writhing in agony as the caramel hardened around her skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise her skin would have sloughed off. Yeah. Yeah. Would the molasses be hot? Yes. It was hot. It was hot. It was hot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was just realizing. I think that's why the vat exploded as it yes. like overheated no, well, overpressurized part of it was the fact that the vat was just way too big like the person did not follow construction properly and was just like what if i just put all of it in one big vat because we didn't have standards back well <laughs> <laughs> all right well so, so let's let's go ahead and deep dive a little bit into a little bit more into the city under the tar uh let's talk about the god pacted himself themselves like, how do we want them to be what is essentially a lich? Or do we want them to be, like, manipulating the city as though it were nothing more than an animate golem? So the entire city is, like, a, a construct for them to manipulate, mm-hmm. which would make that kind of fun and interesting. Kind of like the way that um, Dracula manipulates the castle in Castlevania, for example. Something like that, where the castle... Where the, the entire city itself is a big part of the adventure. And it Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of the idea that I want to run with is that it's essentially the creature itself is now the entirety of the city. Mm -hmm. And it's acting as though like its body, its actual body is more or less the, um, the brain or the heart. And Mm -hmm. so in order to kill the city, you have to kill this monster within. Is the, um, is the city totally under tar or is like it just kind of covered in tar? I want to say yes to both. Like so I, I imagine that there are, in, there are some buildings uh-huh. completely submerged and there are other buildings that are like maybe you can see the peaks of certain buildings kind of poking out from the top. I, I mean, I like the idea of these God Pacted having maybe been transformed into the tar. So the tar is a living tar now, really. And that's how the city itself is alive. You know, like, it's fused with the city's skeleton, and so now the tar, they can manipulate the city because they are the tar. I like that idea a lot. I can mm-hmm. I can definitely fuck with that. So it's a matter of they've leaked their consciousness out into the tar itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that the tar is alive, but their essence is now manipulating it as such. Yeah. So the, the city are the bones of this ma- massive creature, and the tar is like a weird kind of fucked up musculature system. Mm-hmm. I feel weird saying this because I, I originally prepared uh, that we were going to be doing a dungeon for the uh, land of uh, primordial flesh. And uh, I had thought of the dungeon being the Vorhole, but I'm glad that we got back to some elements that I could take from that. That could have been a sex dungeon. Yes. There's still time. Yeah. We've got plenty of time for <laughs> sex know. dungeons. Trust me. Just open uh, the tar. Suddenly, whoa! Uh, oh, no. <laughs> That's the real reason no one has gone in. Yeah. Oh, that actually kind of gives me a, a point. Why do? Why would people come and visit this city? Why would they try and, you know, like go into the city of tar itself? I imagine there's the obvious, like there's treasure in tar. Mm. It's gotta but be money related. I, I, yeah, I mean, the bank of death. Can, yeah. Oh, mm, okay. Yeah. So can we can we now take it? And so this god pacted was more powerful than his brethren, mm-hmm. at least for a while. And thus he was a better collector. And so he has rare things that yes. just don't exist anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Vintage bottles of wine, mm-hmm. rare artworks. And so basically you're, you're like getting ready. Like, okay, 
We're getting ready to run. We're just going to scamper in there, grab as much as we can before people recognize and then scamper right on out. You know, People like, don't know that he protected his city by becoming it. Yeah. Ooh, oh, that's nice. great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a... a it's like a dragon who just decided to become the cave that holds his his coins in. I feel like uh, the overarching theme is kind of like lost glory. Because okay. it was someone who was uh, could challenge multiple of his uh, brethren god-pacted, but then kind of got s- smashed and brought low. Even if he is part of the city now, it is, it, it's hearkening back to a better time because i would say that since he was one of the more powerful ones and going how you were saying that it had things the others did not i'm going to say that uh there are certain parts of the city that are protected i can't finger quotes protected finger finger quotes protected (laughs) i like that idea a lot Actually, I like the idea that the theme is kind of surrounded like fallen glory or, or a fall from grace, because, yeah, you, you, you are essentially looking at something that, you know, in their prime, they were essentially a, a god and then they were lot brought low. And so what have they done since then? Mm-hmm. Like, not only were they brought low in terms of prestige, but also physically, like their body is not physically powerful enough to exist very much. And thus, like. Now they're a living ooze, essentially a living tar within this thing. Uh, it could yeah. also be like pride, like that's what got them to that point of they got so powerful, and then we're like, kind of like the "what are you gonna do, stab me" thing? Like, what are you gonna do, bury my city in in like a bunch of tar? And then that actually happened. And they're like, "Ah, shit!" <laughs> Local man buried in tar. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, I'm I'm fucking down with this. Uh, I, I feel like that's pretty much it. Like that's pretty much a good enough area to stop, right? Yeah, like I don't think it needs any like monsters of its own because it itself it, is like itself the is danger. Yeah. Absolutely. Although, hold on, the danger zone. If you will. oh no, that's oh, not no. what I thought. You... What? Oh, I, with talking about Breaking Bad earlier, I thought it just like I am the danger. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that works yeah. too. Both of them work. Yeah, both of them work. Frankly. Yeah. Now, hold on, though. Hold on. Because you brought up monsters, and we have to add a little bit of monsterdom in there. Like, we have to add, like, some kind of weird parasite. Mm. You know, like, there's the lamprey on top, on, on the underside of the of the shark, right? So what are, what, are the, mm. what are the monsters that are inhabiting this place that are essentially, maybe for ecological reasons, they are either the antibodies that are acting for this giant thing, or... They're kind of keeping the insides clean in some mm-hmm. cases. That This is making me think of like the mummy and the scarabs in there. Like these like swarms of little, like tiny creatures that on their own wouldn't be so bad. But when they act as a swarm, it's this like horrifying wave. I'm, I'm totally down with that. I love the mummy as we all oh, know. Yeah, same. And thank you. <laughs> and uh, shout out Brendan Fraser. Mm. Uh, one day we'll have him on the podcast. <laughs> one day. Well, instead of uh, insects, maybe you can have like small creatures that wouldn't be expected to be a swarm. Mm. I like that idea. Yeah. I'm just not sure what those creatures would be. Mm-hmm. And something yes. that serves the purpose as essentially cleaners, right? Mm-hmm. Something that. We brought them up before, but this would be the most terrible uh, use of them. But the uh, sprig rats. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, if, yeah. if they were to live in the tar, mm-hmm. assuming oh, that yeah. they're even worse than in the city, I figure uh. them. 
either oh, eating away the tar, it hardening. It. There's oh, no. now like a catacomb That's of tubes. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you you can literally like find yourself into a room that's just been hollowed out by these things that have been eating the tar mm. for the last like thousand huge. years. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's a great idea. Yeah. Ex- excellent idea, you guys. And they look super gross. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, all right. That that's perfect. Mm. Now for the last dungeon, because we kind of don't have a basis for it at all, uh, we're going to be doing the Empire of Embers, and so what we're going to be doing. As you've probably heard in some of our previous interviews, we're going to be doing a world-building jam session using the same tables that we normally use. Obviously, we already have a genre because we're doing fantasy, and we already have a subject, which is a dungeon. So we're basically just going to be rolling for theme and adding a twist once we've kind of created enough of a dungeon. So let's go ahead and bust out the dice. With every roll, I'm going to turn into a sex dungeon. Mm. I mean, you act as though I don't. All right, so our theme today, Triumph, which I think is actually perfect because Empire of Embers. Mm. All right, so for those of you who don't know, the Empire of Embers is a, well, it started out as a kind of nice place and then all sorts of political shenanigans happened. If you want to know more, go back and listen to the episode. But overall... It is now a place that is full of paranoia. So this is the second largest empire or second largest expansive nation state within the continent that we have. And they, for generations, have acted as a bulwark against the caliphate of feasts and famine. They're essentially, they've been rivals for a really long time. And recently, political machinations have really turned everything upside down. They're were fiercely individualist for a while, but now they're kind of becoming more paranoid and that is a growing theme, but to mix it with triumph and to kind of go against type from what we've done with the previous ones that they're all kind of like in the wilds a little bit, let's make this dungeon an urban dungeon. Mm -hmm. And because we're doing triumph, I want it to be the emperor's garden itself is going to be a dungeon in it or under it. Both. Because, again, if we want to do layers of dungeon, right, the the top layer is the probably one of the most dangerous ones. Because, Or actually, how do we want to build it? Do we want to make it so the garden itself is the end point? Or do have we go up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a really good idea. So we start in the sewers, kind of go up in the middle where the palace is, and then it ends in the dungeon at the top. Oh, I mean, like, totally flip it upside down. So start in the garden that's on the ground floor and have it go all the way up into a building. Oh, okay. Okay. Where the dungeon is, like, the top of some kind of parapet sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like a terrace? Yeah, like, it keeps going upwards. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, we can, or, or like, a ziggurat of some kind. Yeah. I mean, the garden, is is it separate from that place where they sacrifice, is the the garden separate from the place where they sacrifice stuff? Uh, rem- yes. 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 Well, remember, it wasn't a sacrifice. They just turned them into relics. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. it's totally cool, you guys. It's fine <laughs> that you're just kind of murdering god hearts and transferring them into enslaved items. It's totally fine. Anyway. I'm just thinking of the ways to throw for people to fall out of a dungeon and die. Because that's always mm-hmm. fun. Yes. Yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So, let, okay, let's start at the, let's start at the garden. And I want it to be a large botanical garden that is probably full of wild animals and exotic wild animals Mm -hmm. at that. 
let's go ahead and start there. I mean, I remember the edges of the garden. There was a place for people to have like political conversations. So maybe it's the closer they get to the structure part that goes up that gets scary. Yes. So, all right. So so now we're so the garden is just going to be the basic level, and then we're going to have the ziggurat that mm. represents triumph. It is literally a phallus piercing the sky, <laughs> right? That represents the might of the emperor. Yeah. All right. He's he's also Hold on. his fist upward. <laughs> So he's fisting the sky. That's Got like it. I just want to yeah. emphasize. Okay. Actually, I had I had an idea just now and I I think it's kind of dumb, but every time I say this, I've gone with it. Picture the Tower of Sauron, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just a giant flaming eyeball at the top. I want something like that because that what else represents victory over your enemies like a giant brazier at the top of a giant tower. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what I kind of think. So there's the garden and then there is a brazier that is like representative of the ever burning life that is the emperor and his grasp. Make the brazier an actual fist or hand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. that's what I was thinking yeah. is that it's a grasping hand mm-hmm. and there's just a flame coming out of it constantly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that is the brazier itself, it's you know. Hand. Yep. Yes. And I'm it's thinking the- about like the aftermath of like having an ever burning flame, this huge flame above an area, like the ash that would fall down. Yep. The stuff that would like, it falls on the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The ash Mm. garden of the emperor. Yeah. That's a, that's a fucking dope ass (laughs) metal album name. If I've ever fucking heard of it. Fuck yes. Excellent. Okay. Macedon or dragon force. As far as who would. Oh, Sorry. I'm thinking black metal. I'm not even yeah. thinking. Uh, I'm yeah. not even thinking like. I was going for power metal. Hmm. Uh, I was thinking I, black metal. I was oh, thinking wow. black metal for Death sure. Death metal. Wow. What if yeah. up on the tops there, where that fist is, there's like scaly? Can we call it a hand and not a fist? <laughs> <laughs> With the, the burning fist that's fisting the world. God damn. <laughs> like, is there like birds or flying mm-hmm. things that linger up there? I was thinking that too, and like, what would they look like mm-hmm. after being exposed to? This like ever burning torch, Ooh, or like insects because they're atta- attracted to the flame. Oh, I like that more. Yeah, I, li- I like the idea of like not only is it ash, but it's like burning corpses. Deadly moths. <laughs> deadly moths. Because they're attracted to flame. Mm-hmm. Nothing's more deadly than moths. <laughs> See, that's kind of dumb, but I kind of want to run with it. Make like, it I kind of want to make it like a. Uh, like there are like death's head moths or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I like. Yeah, because so, we could we can turn your shit into gold, they Daniel. Don't worry. You know, like they're they they feed off of aphids. God damn it! Full circle. <laughs> yep. Got there. Yep. Got there. Just a reminder that World Build with us does not condone any use of aphids in any <laughs> setting whatsoever. Especially milkable ones. Mm. Especially milkable ones. Gross. They're delicious, delicious milk. <laughs> Okay, so why again are people trying to get to the top of this tower? Well, that's a good question. That's an excellent question. Mm -hmm. I I believe that it should be some sort of public, uh, like, opinion thing where it was just like, yes, if you wish to have an audience with the emperor, you merely have to get to the top of the tower. Mm. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. (laughs) That's actually kind of a fun idea. It's like, hey, if you want, if you want your grievances heard by the emperor just get to the top of the tower you always have a choice to voice your grievances to the emperor i I don't see why people are complaining 
democracy. I love mm. democracy. <laughs> okay, uh, hold on, because that's actually kind of an interesting idea, right? Because we did, maybe it's not a matter of, like, if you want your, maybe it's a grievance thing as well, but maybe there's also a way that if you want into the army or if you want to be a general in the army, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, because it's so militaristic, this is part of it. It is a challenge. It's like, it's like um, the the Olympic torch yes. ceremony mm-hmm. where you have to take a part of the emperor's power and show, or, or if you want to get real weeby about it, it's kind of like in Jojo where you have to keep, mm-hmm. yeah, Chris knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's in Jojo where you have to flick the lighter and keep the lighter going for the entire 24 hours. That's yeah. That's exactly what it is. Okay. If only the the, the it's an initiation in the bottom, process. They need to keep the flame up all the way up. But I like the idea of putting the thing into the fire at the end. You know, to get it lit. Mm. What do you mean? Like if there's an actual torch that has to be lit so you can see that you've gotten up there or something. So it's not just about getting up; it's about getting down as well. And you can't take mm. the zip line. <laughs> yeah. Zip lines only for the emperor. <laughs> Well, I mean, imagine falling off like that flame mm. might go out. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of to carry his divine flame back mm-hmm. to him. Yes, that's that's mm-hmm. actually yeah. really fucking good. So like the further you go out, like so it's actual garden. And then once you get into the deeper part of the woods, just full of horrible animals. And then it's the Tower of Doom. And then you actually have to get there and there. I don't know where the moths come in, guys, but we didn't forget about that. Don't worry. Well, they hunt you the whole goddamn time. After you get out, they're like mm-hmm. drawn to your flame now. Wait a minute. No. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Yeah. Can we please pay an homage? Oh, that's actually really good, but yeah. I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> turn that away. Mm-hmm. But let's let's turn the moths from regular ass moths into slake moths. Uh, yep. Yeah, from Perdido Street Station. Yeah. Oh. Because my God. Like shout outs to China Meville. Like, come on. Those I things think are horrifying. They are yeah horrifying yeah. holy shit are they horrifying daniel have you read pretty street station i have read part of pretty you should read all you of son it of a i bitch. read the part where the bird guy is ruminating on i think it's flying oh so like, not, not about that's like 25 like, pages in it's a little bit of it if not too far in. that's every page he's on yeah yeah I, yeah to yeah. be honest i'm not a super huge fan of it oh, but you got you know, 25 pages in fuck you yeah, and like you have to, read that trust, to, to know whether you like it or not you know trust me it like gets like it gets, gets way better. It gets fucking dark. It's a little floral for me. So are the Ooh, Daniel? Yeah. I fucking hate your terrible <laughs> taste sometimes. God damn it! It's good, but it's too floral for me. Daniel. All right. So we've got our homage to China Meville. We've mm-hmm. got our homage to New Crobazone. Now, obviously, we have to throw in a twist. So let's fuck ourselves and roll some dice. Reverse the roles of the heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like we can fuck with this one now. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good one to kind of get into. So who are the heroes in this story? Are they the ones who are seeking to get the flame? Or is it the emperor? We would probably think of the people going up the thing as the heroes. Traditionally. Yeah. All right. So now let's go ahead and make them the villains. How are they the villains now? They're trying to assassinate the emperor. but I... No, because that's not necessarily villainous. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and make it. So whatever the trials that they have transforms them into a villain on the way there. Mm-hmm. It's not just a matter of reverse the roles. It's this process reverses the role for you. Mm-hmm. So it makes you 
commit worse and worse atrocities and it asks mm-hmm. you how badly do you want to uh-huh. be yeah. part of the empire mm-hmm. and thus it turns a hero into a villain through complicity through respect of authority uh, respect of authority mm-hmm. through bending the knee mm-hmm. absolutely i mean how does fascism rise right this is how fascism rises it is the tower that mm-hmm. transforms you is this the the same emperor who had the um who was able to bring back people multiple times to yes. the secret cult? Yes, it is. Um, I, I wonder if there's a way to tie that together, too, in that maybe this is the trial of making them. I imagine that what happens is at the end of this trial, you're asked by the emperor to immolate yourself in his holy flame. Mm. There we go. That's nice. nice. Yeah. nice. I like that. And then like he it. brings you back. It's like a trust fall. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, you brought back. He exactly. says, now put it's, it on yourself. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. like the ultimate show of, like, submission. Like... Ooh. Okay, I'll like give up my life for you if that's really what you want. Yeah. So we did turn this and into a sex dungeon. Back. We did. Yeah. yeah. yeah there we Congrats. go. <laughs> yeah. But unlike sex dungeons, the submissives don't actually have all the power. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, in this is yeah. All right. Um, honestly, I think that's gonna do it. Like, I feel like that's a really strong way to do that dungeon. Like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, great job, everyone, especially me. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no! G- great job, everyone! Really, that was that was a real great team effort. Excellent reference to the mummy. Thank you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us on the episode, and thank you so much for being able to share your very cool environmental-based dungeon with us. Uh, I think that it's going to join or, or bring a lot to the world as is. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was really fun. All right. And uh, I, yeah, again, thank you. Uh, Courtney, do you have like a website or a, a Twitter or something like that you want us to plug? Do you tweet? I am on the Twitter. It's uh, C Staples Staples is my okay. is my. Uh, that's that's pretty fun. Is that where okay. you share your staple art? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will share a link and, to her Twitter and any kind of art that she wants to put up. Courtney is an artist and, you know, outside of awesome logos she does actually have really cool art that you should go take a look at and hire her for at some point oh thanks yeah and for that's that's this episode i mean i got nothing else so remember that have a great week and that we love you very much and we'll see you next time